0: Yo yo yo. <laughs>
1: yo. yo. <laughs> hey everyone. Welcome back to Influence Radio. Here again for our first installment of the 2018 edition where we're going to discuss art and music and anything culture related that influences the people and the city and the world. My name is Adam Hamzi.
2: I am Madison Wise.
0: I am Jason Ickpat, and we have a special guest here with us today, Ms. Jeanette Nevarez.
2: Hey, Jeanette.
3: Hi, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you yeah. feeling? Thank you for coming. Good, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have
1: you. We yes. can't wait. Uh, you know, it's our first interview of 2018, so we're starting off the year a little bit late, but the right way for sure. Um, and Jeanette, do you want to give us just a brief summary of the kind of work that you do?
3: Um, so I do portrait photography I um, photograph for different queer events around Austin and yeah I basically create representation for uh, the local LGBTQ community and I also uh, have my own uh, side projects essentially
1: awesome and this is also coming straight off a new exhibition you have you want to talk briefly about that and then we'll get more into it later
3: Sure, so I have a, I'm in a group exhibition at the Mexicarte Museum which is on 6th and Congress. Um, I was basically, um, a a curator reached out to me and uh, she saw my work and she was interested in these pieces um, because uh, she thought it would go really well with the exhibition. Uh, They have a, um, a range of works from starting from the 70s to contemporary works And the exhibition centers around uh, identity, uh, race, gender, um, and just different uh, forms of uh, artists creating uh, artworks that revolve around the idea of resistance.
1: That sounds amazing. That's beautiful. Damn.
3: will
0: uh, Will that exhibition ever be leaving the museum? I mean is it temporary
3: (laughs) yeah well it's there until march so nice go check it out
1: cool can't wait to see Uh, it um so yeah we're gonna get more into you know discussing that exhibition itself and the rest of your work but first off we're gonna start off with the song of the day as we always do so we're gonna talk about what our song what's the first thing we put in our car when we got in our car this morning and what's the overall vibes i can start off my song of the day is called blow my mind by an artist called duckworth he is kind of a rapper, um, who is fusing hip hop and jazz and kind of funk music all together. He's from South Central LA and he's been recently coming on the scene. He did a showcase with All In at the Parish like about a month ago. I don't really know much about him. It was one of those things where I went to the show and I really know what to expect and then I an awesome you know, all his music back like, the next day. And yeah, I think my favorite part about it is just the way you can like fuse hip hop with these like groovy, jazzy type of beats. And I think that sums up how I'm feeling today and generally. Groovy and jazzy. Groovy <laughs> and jazzy. And hip hoppy <laughs> Hip
0: hop. Jason, what about you? Um, I think my song of the day is a song called One Two Three by a band called Girl Pool. Oh, cool. Uh, I've been sleeping on them. They're pretty they're pretty good. I like the song. I feel like the song resembles how I perceive myself as a person. It's Deep. like very um mellowed when you first get to know it but then <laughs> it's like intense and erratic and strange <laughs> <laughs> so, i resonate with with so the song's is, personality
3: going to have to go listen to that song <laughs> <laughs> know you a little better yeah, i'll judge you when i
0: listen to it <laughs> <laughs> What about you guys
3: no
2: um my song of the day is baby shut up by easy socks um it's kind of a like a casual jazz song with a heavy bass um and it's by this 18-year-old woman who was born and raised in Brooklyn and her her voice is very soulful and textured and it's got a little bit of attitude but it's a pretty awesome. laid back song. That I sounds really,
1: really like good. It. That sounds great. I got to take that. Yeah. And Jeanette?
2: Cool.
3: Uh, my song is a uh, Speculate by Xavier Omar. Um, oh, yeah. I found his music maybe about two months ago, and it was one of the best accidents that <laughs> <laughs> happened on Spotify. Um, and I've just been playing his albums like nonstop. And but this song is just like so smooth. It's like calm, and it's just like a good way to like start the day. Definitely.
2: That's awesome. Super cool. I saw him perform at Malaluna Fest in San Antonio, and he puts oh. on a really good show. Yeah. I love his music. He's from San Antonio. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. no he way! Was he was definitely I thought rapping. he was
1: like from the Midwest. So maybe I know he works with a lot of like Chicago artists, so I kind of just like assumed he was in that clique. But I had no idea he was from San Antonio. Yeah,
3: I think he's living in Atlanta now. But awesome!
0: Yeah. I'm glad people from Texas are making it big. I know. As yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they're. I think they're next up. Yeah, i think texas is about to like
0: i mean i year hope year so i've been feeling that way for like the past couple of years like oh this is our year bro. yeah <laughs> I don't know. yeah we'll hopefully see. if not this year 2018 yeah In i mean 2019, 2019. So. if not 2019 we always got badu so yeah. hey. oh, forever <laughs> that should be alive Amen. until like the 3000s. <laughs> yes, she 3000 3000 no pun intended <laughs>
2: All right, so we will head into the boxing ring now. Boom, boom. Um, So the boxing ring is where we discuss three different current topics for three minutes each. So we all have to get our thoughts, feels out as quick as we can. Um, Just talk about what's going on. So first topic today is the Grammys, which we just had. Bruno Mars took a lot home. Swept it. Yeah. What are you guys... Thinking about the Grammys this year,
1: I feel like I think a lot of people were upset about Bruno Mars's sweep, uh, and I think part of that was because the album was so old because it was one of those ones that dropped I think before the 2017 Grammys, but after the 2017 Grammys considerations had already happened, so mm-hmm. it was like kind of just like Childish Gambino's album. Um, I think the album was great, and I thought it was like full of like very well done like dance songs, mm-hmm. but I can understand why people would be, would be frustrated because everyone was like. Either rooting for Kendrick really hard mm-hmm. or like really rooting for Lord, and then like none of those happen. And I don't really know many people who are like really standing Bruno Mars, <laughs> so I guess it's, it's always gonna be a controversy. I think they do it on purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was kind of in, I didn't really watch the Grammys outside of the performances. Um, Bruno Mars has like this Grammy formula though if you think nice. about it like if you listen to his album you could probably guess that it was gonna win album of the year because every single song is just like this could be number one on the charts this could be number one on the charts and then he's so talented and charismatic which like he's gonna sell yeah, so. the execution is perfect too yeah i really i was i was rooting for lord honestly she's like my little uh like i root for her all the time i i hope that she does great th- i think her music's her fantastic album is so, so good yeah
2: i'm Just, I feel like all that there's been lately is awards. like Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's award season, but I feel like they're just like a standardized test of Mm. the entertainment world. Mm. Like you don't, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best at anything. It just means you know how to work the system. Right. And do what they want and give them what they ask for. Uh, Yeah. What do you think Um, about that, Jeanette? I'm over
1: it. As far as like awards go and stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I feel that. I think that's, you know, very evident in like pop culture, uh, I didn't watch the Grammy, so I can't really say much. But yeah, I, feel, yeah. I, I was, I've been very sick.
1: I feel like I feel like what industry considers the best is not the highest quality. No. Nope. You know I feel and I feel like that's kind of like the general, like my general conclusion when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, this is like a number one Billboard song. Is it the best song that happens to be out right now? Like of course not. Right. It's well, the most popular is what it comes down to. Yeah. Mars, exactly. probably out of all those. It's probably the most popular.
0: And it's weird, though, because it's like you can manufacture what's popular and what's not. It's about connections. All right. So you guys have to excuse me. I'm a nerd out on science for like (laughs) five minutes.
1: (laughs) Dr. Jason in the house. You only have three. Oh, you're right. Three (laughs) minutes
0: and counting. Jason, lay it on us. All right. Check it out. Microbiology. So... These researchers in China did this really cool experiment. So there are some kids who were born with a defect where they have deformed ears. It's called microtia. It's just like the cartilage around your ear is not formed uh, correctly. And it actually can affect the way that you hear. Um, All the grooves and ridges in your ear are really important for hearing. Um, And so some doctors made like a 3D printed mold and put it on these kids' ears. 3D printed? Yeah. Yeah. And then they took their own cells and like grew them into the mold and grew these kids' ears back.
1: Bro, so their ears were growing while they're wearing pretty much like B yes. phones <laughs> shaped, like, <ears. laughs> exactly. that's that's a synopsis this image out of my <laughs> All right, so as, as a scientist, Jason, mm-hmm. so what do you think like is there like is this like an ethical dilemma? Is this just great all around? like is it a slippery slope? Yeah, I don't
0: know. that's what I wanted to ask y'all like things always start out, I was telling Madison earlier, things always start out medical, but then it becomes like designer or fashion or chef. Wow, like yeah, that. exactly. So what do you guys think about that?
2: I think people are going to start ordering like, oh, I want, not Britney Spears, I don't know why she was the first one to come to mind, but like, oh, I want Britney Spears ears. Like, Can, you, can you make those for me, please? <laughs> Which, like, whatever. I, I oh. don't know. That's Do your thing. It's just... Yeah, but that's it's probably got, gonna it's happen. Kinda, that's
1: weird. Also, people who really like like Lord of the Rings at the premiers. elf ears. I mean, uh. like I said, power tool. I feel like the more creepy part is like the idea. Like, so is it stem cells? Is that what they're using?
0: Um, like, like- yeah. So they're using these cells that are called pluripotent cells, which have, like essentially they can turn into any cell in the body.
1: Damn. Yeah. So is that like? What is the relationship to that and like cloning people? Um, Technically, it is
0: cloning people. Technically. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. There are definitely clones already. They're
1: here. Right. We know. We know you're out there. That's wild. (laughs) Wow. Imagine this photo series clones and the originals side by side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to
2: let you do that. (laughs) What do you think, Jeanette? Um,
3: I think it's crazy but i mean it's you know it's where we're headed we have the technology and uh, the means to do it so i think it's worth exploring you know without breaking any ethical you know boundaries there i think it's yeah. important to consider all yeah. thing, all those things that's a
1: good point i feel like if the science is available i feel like scientists aren't just gonna be like
3: well maybe we'll
1: pass on this one right. they're right. probably gonna <laughs> do it like, right. what. and so our next topic this is very different than the fake ears and the Grammys, but one of our very own scientists, Jason, uh, created this really cool multimedia project that we want to talk about for a little bit. It's so
2: think. good, everybody go listen to it. Yeah, oh, it's
1: called Spaces. Him and Eileen Wu created it together. Pretty much, they went on a road trip across the southwest of America and created this photo project, plus zine, plus like poetry book, plus album that all went around their experiences and their perception of this region and you should all check it out it's online and i think one of the most interesting that i want to ask about was how you told me that you created the entire album the music portion on your cell phone
0: yeah yeah totally on garage man on garage man like, like the app. App. wild yeah on the apple and that phone. includes the beats <laughs> yeah i made the beats on and the phone. vocals and the vocals i recorded through like a the apple headphones
1: <laughs> and the mixing That is amazing. <laughs> yeah
0: yep all that on your cell phone on the cell phone
1: and it's it sounds wild. amazing. And the thing is, it does not sound like it was made on a cell phone. It does I, not at all. No, not no. at
2: all. I remember you joking about like, yeah, I'm going to drop a mixtape soon, mm. but because <laughs> <jokes on laughs> it's not <laughs> a joke. Not every not I got to drop a mixtape. All the time I've <laughs> joked about dropping <laughs> a mixtape. And what's your moniker?
0: Uh, ukeme.
2: Ukeme. Okay. It's
0: Ibibio. It means ability. That's where my folks are from. Shout out Nigeria one time. Woo. Woo. Shout out. <laughs> so do you think, I mean, what would you say to
1: like, artists who are like, oh, I'd love to make this really cool idea I have, but I just don't have the money to buy the equipment. I just don't have, like, you know, the space for it. I don't have, like, the whatever. I feel like those excuses are valid, but it seems like, you know, if you can make a whole album on your phone, right? like, what is the value in kind of doing it yourself?
0: Yeah, I think, well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, it's mostly just because I'm broke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I do think that, you know, if you want to make the art, You'll find a way to make the art and one of the best components of creativity I think is like obstacles for sure. And so I've just been making songs on GarageBand probably since I was like a junior in college like maybe like four years ago. And so I don't know. It just turned into something that I felt like maybe I could actually, someone could listen to this and it wouldn't sound like a GarageBand. It's so good. Everyone listen
1: to it. Someone who's like an expert in like a state of the art studio probably can, maybe couldn't do shit on GarageBand, you know? Right, So exactly. you become a garage band expert. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeanette, so like as, as a photographer, you know, I know some people are like, oh, I'd love to be a great photographer, but I don't have a good camera. I have, like, a shitty-ass camera. Do you think that, like...
3: That's bullshit. Yeah, so tell
1: us about that. Like, does that same idea translate, where it's like you don't need, like, a fancy-ass camera to make cool art?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, I started, when I was 15, using uh, my mom's battery-operated Kodak camera. It was, like, oh, a man. 16-megapixel <laughs> camera and... Wow you know I made it work
1: hmm. yeah cause it's about the craft you know yeah for sure like of course you want like the crisp the most crisp pictures ever but if you work on like the um oh what's the word the composition you know and mm-hmm. like the the setup and all that stuff
3: yeah the, the concept also becomes part of that struggle Definitely.
1: do you still have some of those pictures on that battery operated Kodak
3: I think <laughs> I might in one of my Ooh. hard drives yeah, yeah those possible love that sometime. That. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'd <laughs> love, yeah. love to see that yeah <laughs> (laughs) okay one time before the three minutes runs out just have to plug the spaces album everyone (laughs) go listen it's so good like frank ocean meets local natives um, Ooh, Paige natives. Arizona is my favorite. Give that's my favorite Erica one, my too. Hey, that's it's favorite so good. Can you spell Ukeme for us?
0: U K E M E. You probably won't find it anywhere unless it's you're on, on Spotify. On Spotify. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right.
1: No, you're no, trying, Jason. <laughs> <I don't laughs> coming for you, try. <laughs> you're gonna be on the charts. Grammy next year.
2: <laughs> or go check out the octopi on Instagram, <laughs> and, right. and I believe there's a link to the visuals. There you yes. go. Shout Everyone, out.
1: Eileen you have no excuse. That's a dream team right there. Awesome. So, Uh, Now that we've gone through our song of the day and our boxing segment, Jason, you want to do us a favor and reintroduce our guest so we can give it into the interview portion?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, like I mentioned earlier, we have the one and only special superstar, Jeanette Neverell, (laughs) (laughs) here with us today. Um, So, I think we should probably start just by asking you a little bit about your background in photography. So, you just mentioned that you started shooting... um, on your mom's battery powered 16 megapixel camera. All right? So was there anything that motivated you or made you want to start taking pictures in the first place?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, my parents for some reason were obsessed with traveling to Las Vegas on vacation. Um, and so we would go there multiple times. And I was always just kind of, I just kind of felt displaced by the the environment in the the city, and, uh, you know, it's basically this city built in the middle of the desert, Mm -hmm. so uh, I I always saw pictures, taking all these, like, pictures, and being obsessed with the idea of capturing their experiences, you know, as tourists, and I became annoyed with that idea, and I just started to, like, make these, like, blurry photographs, and with all the colors, and just having fun with it, basically, to not get bored out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) so
1: like tell me more about these pictures that you used to make like i'm interested in hearing like what the og like the first pictures you really created and so it was just like that was a way that you found a way to like make art out of that kind of displacement that you
2: felt
3: yeah so they were just like these colorful long exposures um you know super abstract nothing
2: revolutionary (laughs) (laughs) when did you start to think like when did photography as a hobby really start to take hold like when did that passion for it build like I like- think
3: it definitely like built up through throughout like my childhood uh I have this memory of me with a disp- like the this like barbie gel disposable camera oh. <laughs> taking that a photo amazing. of my elementary school and I was I remember. Wow. I still have the memory of me trying to be really consciously deciding the composition oh, of wow. the photograph, and I still have that photograph. <laughs> and I what? took it when I was like ten. A natural. Something. That's 10. really <laughs> awesome. That's so, what, yeah. I have not heard
1: like that's a cool origin story. Right there. Yeah. The Thanks. a Barbie gel camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it was. That.
3: It was pretty. It was like you know, it's it's crazy. was it? awesome.
2: When I look at pictures I took on like family vacation they're like my mom my dad and my sister's heads are all cropped out yeah which, like, it's like a real like you
1: don't really think about it until the camera's like in your hands and you're like wait you have to put this a certain way you know mm-hmm. and so you said it was your elementary school when you were 10 can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and you know, like where and how maybe um the places you were raised influenced your art
3: yeah so i was born in el paso but i grew up in Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. And, um, you know, I just had a very normal childhood, and but my parents were working uh, back and forth in the in the border town. And so eventually, um, they bought a house in El Paso and we had to leave uh, Mexico. And that was a huge bummer for me as a kid. You know, I, I have memories of yeah. me crying as I' as I'm leaving, having to like leave my dog behind. just like oh, no. it was just like a complete change you know mm-hmm. uh, even though they're sister cities essentially yeah. they're still very different especially if you haven't been exposed to to you know el paso the other side is as as much uh so uh, i grew up there and then as a teenager uh um i just kind of you know started to uh, look, look into different uh art and just had a very normal high school life i um i ended up joining i didn't take an art class until i was a senior in high school and uh that's kind of when i began to take you know more of an active interest and joined the the photography club and um started to really think about like what i wanted to do and um i ended up winning some photography contest So they flew us to Houston what? which is where I went to the Menil and to the those. Museum of Fine Arts and I remember uh just liking um you know like just like these artworks and not knowing anything about them but just being obsessed with them um and That must have been a yeah. huge
1: moment as like an early photographer.
3: Yeah, cuz I was never really exposed to anything like that to that scale and so being surrounded by all this art in all the museums that we visited for the program just really uh it was euphoric honestly i was just like oh my god like what is this world that i don't know anything about uh and so that's kind of how you know
1: and then like going from thinking back to being exposed to that kind of world for the first time, and then today when you have this exhibition in the Mexicarte Museum,
3: mm-hmm.
1: how do you like look back and reflect on like the little you who was just being introduced to this big world of art, and then the grown you now who is part of that and who's doing so many incredible things in that world itself? Like, do you ever think about that dynamic?
3: Yeah. Well, I couldn't have. Um, you know, there's no way that I could have uh, navigated this creative journey without um, going to art school. I think uh, staying in school and you know uh, staying curious and learning about everything art-related really uh, helps me really understand the way that the art world works and how you can actually end up having your work uh, showcased. So yeah.
0: That's cool. Can I ask you a little bit about location? So first, where did you go to art school?
3: So I went to Texas State. Um, I was a transfer student. I did my uh, basics at, uh, at a community college in El Paso, and and it wasn't really part of the plan that I was gonna go to Texas State. I was planning to go to this art school in Ohio, but I ended up moving to Austin before all that, and I kind of fell in love with the city, and I never left, so.
0: <laughs> awesome um how different was houston for you from el paso and las vegas because i mean texas is texas but texas is also huge. Fuck. yeah was <laughs> it like had you traveled much outside of that or was it really shocking for you or did it inform your move to austin or like your desire to see larger places
3: yeah well uh i think i, I mean as i mentioned my parents you know they like to travel around uh, a little bit, we traveled a little bit in Mexico and um, you know in the states. Um, but I never really felt the the way that I felt in Houston, just because you know it was a it was a program dedicated for teenagers that had that were making art and they were all very talented and being able to see that I wasn't like the only crazy person doing (laughs) that and seeing (laughs) that all these other kids were also doing that was pretty cool. And Houston, uh, the weather is just amazing. The side of Texas is, you know, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that kind of also helped me feel like I
2: wanted to be a part of this area. Awesome. That's really neat. Um, so what we've kind of talked about, you have, And what I've seen on your website, you have a really large body of work and you've been doing this for a long time. Um, And I know with myself, when I go back and look at some of my past writing, I'll read it and I'll just cringe like, oh, my God. Like, why did I say that? Why did I put that out there? What am I doing? Um, And I just wonder, like, do you ever when you go back and look at your past work, um, how do you feel about it? Like, yeah.
3: Mm, I mean, it's I haven't done that in a while. It's been a good couple of years. Uh, I used to do it more in the beginning. I would, you know, be obsessed with getting better and seeing mm, progress. That's real. And I would go back and I would see these like really like cliche photographs, you know, of like flowers or whatever, and and just I, I was I was learning, you know. So it doesn't really uh, reflect like what I think about now as much because. I was trying to learn the technical aspects of photography. So a lot of it was trying to even at times uh, imitate what other people were doing and seeing what I was capable of doing Hmm. as well and trying to, you know, uh, have or gather my own style through the process.
1: Uh, And could you maybe talk to us a little bit about your style, whether that means like, The actual technical aspects of it but then also what you maybe try to accomplish with your work because i know a lot of your work um revolves around identity um and representation and then also uh, based on the photos i've seen that you've have out in the world uh the composition like the editing and the colors all really pop out to me as well so maybe if you could talk to us a little bit about like the technical aspects and then that representation aspect and how they kind of complement each other
3: yeah. So I started off uh, photographing my friends, um, Real. you know, just um, it would, it was just basically f- for fun. And um, it kind of evolved into me thinking about why am I photographing the people that I'm photographing and what am I saying through that? And so it's, it's, it, it's changed from that because when I moved to Austin, I I hadn't encountered a drag queen until I came here. And that was definitely another thing that, you know, it triggered this like curiosity. And so Mm. it, it moved me into a different direction with my portraits. And so um, I became really interested in understanding what a drag queen does and what it means uh, to be a drag queen. And, um, and then I, began to attend all these queer related events and uh, it just kind of you know, snowballed from there and we, it became more specific yeah uh, in which is something that I think is really important uh, for for you know for artists like you have to really uh, you know it's great. go through the process but you ha- you should work towards something and, and separate yourself from other yeah. people.
1: And um, as far as, you know, taking pictures of queer people and queer communities, uh, I really like the pictures you have on your website of Queer Bomb and uh, all the different outfits that people are wearing. And when I was looking at them, I kind of felt as though everyone of these pictures felt like very beautiful. Yeah. When you were taking the pictures, like they mm-hmm. felt at their most beautiful self. And there was kind of like it was radiating joy in a certain way mm-hmm. that I thought was really awesome because as a viewer, I could really feel that. Um, and they all felt very comfortable behind the lens. Um, and so what is that some, was that deliberate you know that kind of vibe that I got from it was that something you're trying to convey and how can f- photographing people in these communities help be empowering and then offer a certain level of visibility that they might not have access to usually
3: yeah so I think it it took me a while to fully understand what I was trying to do uh, it's a very simple thing how, how you said it, it's it's they appear empowering and and it is because it was an empowering experience for me and for them and Kerbom on its own is, you know, it's all, it's a volunteer run organization. So you don't have any corporate sponsorship and, uh, everyone is doing this because they, they, they love the, the community in Austin. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, um, I, I, essentially came in trying to, um, set up a photo booth slash portrait studio. But, uh, I mean, they see it as a photo booth, but yeah. I, I am very, um, you know, I try to direct a little bit and so
1: deliver it about,
3: yeah. So I want it to feel like a portrait studio and it's a, um, it's a great way to create, a. Uh, photographic representation for the lgbtq community because nobody is doing that and so i Mm -hmm. I i've attended queerbomb for the past couple years and i haven't really seen anyone do it in a way that um really archives uh this uh this event so i'm i'm trying to do my best to do that (laughs)
1: archiving is a good word because it kind of creates that history of of who was there and yeah. and keeps that that vibe of that empowerment kind of locked in
2: mm-hmm. you're a very good storyteller too like through your photos through Definitely. right now i was looking on your website at some of your um how was it a note section where you shared some of your notes oh like yeah actual pictures of your notebook and it was really neat to see um there's a part talking about lip syncing and the performance aspect um was mm-hmm. that about the, like, drag race lip-syncing in particular?
3: It's about the history of drag. Okay. So I became really interested with with that. Uh, it goes back to the history of performance in theater. And so just kind of trying to understand, like, you know, how how does the now contextualize with what was. And, mm. and so lip-syncing is... Uh, the history of lip singing is um, pretty interesting because it um, it came out um, for the purpose was uh, for these um, you know uh, performers that were essentially musicians um, to not be distracted by um, by the uh, sorry I'm losing my mind <laughs> <laughs> by the but nice. you know yeah so you're trying they're trying to the the vocals i guess yeah the the vocals and trying to focus on the movements Mm, uh and so there's a lot to kind of dissect on that as well
2: so i was taking notes from that for karaoke from (laughs) here on out like it doesn't matter that i can't sing if i just dance Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Hey,
1: that's deep (laughs) Um, so do you want to also tell us a little bit more about the Mexicarte Museum? Because that's kind of like the, the thing happening right now and the opening was just the past weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. The yes. opening of the exhibit? Yeah. So, and it's not just your work it's like a collection of, of a bunch of different artists that's kind of trying to convey like a certain message. So could you, I don't know, in the very beginning of the podcast you talked to us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of remind us what the exhibition is about and how your work specifically fits into it?
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, work in there. Um, there's work starting from the seventies and it's, um, mostly photography and it moves into, um, modern works and then contemporary works that are more elaborate, uh, in, uh, different mediums. So there's some, uh, video and some, um, sculpture, sculptural pieces, And, um, essentially it's, uh, trying to, uh, show or display the, the change and how photography has evolved in, uh, for artists that are, uh,
2: um, coming from Latin America. So one thing I'm always curious about, um, anytime I talk to someone who creates is where, not so much where you get inspiration from, but, your perspective on it like is inspiration essential for you to do your work Mm. or is it like it more of a discipline thing and yeah a little bit of where does inspiration come from like is there a spiritual aspect to it is it more just external environment i don't know if you can share your perspective on inspiration
3: well it's different for everyone um for me, it's, it's definitely uh, a way that I keep myself learning. I don't, I, I was never really attracted to the idea of going to school, uh, mm. and, uh, you know, unless it was uh, related to, to art. So uh, it intellectually, it motivates me. And so um, that's one of the main aspects I think of how I stay, uh, you know, how I keep creating.
2: Um. yeah. Nice. That makes sense. It's a, uh, and yeah, a uh, mental stimulus. Exercise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really is.
1: And do you seek inspiration or do you find yourself seeking inspiration more do you find inspiration kind of finding you?
3: Uh, I, I try to seek it. You know, I try to, if I ever feel like I'm in a rut, I hit the library, look at old books and uh, try to find connections with my work and just kind of see how I can um, create something that relates to, to the history of that or, and see how I can move it forward.
0: Shout out libraries. Libraries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, um, you are talking about, you know, there's an intellectual aspect of your work and obviously you went to school and you learned a lot about art during that time. Mm-hmm. How did your work change as a result of being directly taught about photography?
3: Well, I, I mean, I, I had to take a lot of art history classes, you know, history photography as well. And so you look at um, people that made work that is in some ways similar to what you're interested in. And um, I found things that I liked and I didn't like about, um, you know, most of them. So there's ways to kind of just take everything that you're learning and then create new work out of that. Yeah
1: and also um, I think it's interesting how you mentioned history a number of times when you're talking about your work and I'm curious how the history of not only the photographers and the artists that came before you but specifically the Latino uh, artists and photographers that came before you how you kind of see yourself fitting into that canon of artists as a photographer um, from Mexico and whether or not that's kind of a present thing as you create more work, you know are you trying to honor you know the the history of the mm-hmm. artists that came for you, or are you maybe trying to set up a new i guess paradigm for the next generation of Mexican artists? Is that something that's constantly on your mind?
3: Yeah, totally. I think um you feel a certain um form of responsibility Definitely. to um, move your own culture forward so i i am still trying to understand my own roots um because i come from a border town which is even further displaced uh than uh you know it's not mexico city where you have full-on mexican culture and so coming from a border town moving to the states and then um you know learning english not even knowing why i'm I'm learning this new yeah. language just because I had to do it. So I'm still you know reclaiming my own identity in 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 that sense. Um uh, but yeah, I try to um um just like do the best that I can do in that in that uh respect.
1: Yeah, responsibility is an interesting word. I think that a lot of artists of color kind of feel that level of responsibility to like honor the the work that came before them and, and honor the roots but a lot of times we don't have an answers to a lot of the questions that we're even asking ourselves and so i'm wondering does making the art kind of help you reclaim some of those things is that like part of the process like the creation of it or after you're you know work on reclaiming certain things then you can kind of make the art you know how does that reclamation fit into mm. the actual creation process
3: mm, well sometimes like you make um I've made like, I started making the queer bomb work and I didn't fully understand what it was about it that was, uh, pulling me in. Um, it was until after that I was like, okay, like why, what is it about? And that's why art, uh, art school is so great because they force you to like, think about every aspect of what you're doing. And so I had to, yeah. yeah, a lot of intention. And I had to think about like, why, why this? And I started to really like think about, you know, it's because they have a lot of uh, progressive views and they're uh, passionate and they have this will to um, move forward um, despite all circumstances. And so, um, yeah, I I don't know. It's a mix, I think. Yeah.
0: How would you describe the direction that you think um, Latin American art is going? Could you pinpoint it?
3: Uh, I don't know if I'm like qualified enough <laughs> to like speak for for sure for everyone, but yeah,
1: because it's so broad.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's too broad of a. Mm-hmm.
1: But I guess I mean, looking at the exhibit itself, it's like a kind of a curation of a lot of different type of, mm-hmm. like, Latinx artists. So, yeah. what has that exhibit in particular kind of showed you about the vastness of you know Latinx artists? And has that kind of, were you like really surprised to see all these different kind of things or were you already so familiar with the different mediums? Like what was that experience being like just one piece of this bigger exhibit in this bigger museum? Um, how has that influenced and impacted your work?
3: There's other uh, artists, um, contemporary artists um, in the exhibition um, that are also making uh, work about resistance. So there's, um, so there's, uh you know i i can kind of um essentially that's how we all kind of i i see that why i'm yeah, there that theme mm-hmm. yeah um
2: i don't
1: know yeah <laughs> i got you
2: um so ju- just just because i'm not sure do you run your own business like photography business right now
3: um so i freelance i okay. i do f- Freelancing and then I, um, I edit photos for a company and, oh, cool. um, so like wedding photography okay. and portraits and all that stuff.
2: Is that like your full-time work?
3: No, I okay. want it to be. Yeah. Uh, but it's not yet.
2: Awesome. Hopefully yeah. And that's future. good. Like good for you for having that answer. I feel like it's such a, like people... I don't know like sometimes i'll i'll feel like you look at 18 year olds who are already doing what they want to do for a living and it's easy to think like uh like what am i doing why am i like here? the authenticity doing behind this? it yeah but it's like you know like you have to do what you have to do and if you love something you make it work and yeah like eventually it we'll it fall can into place. become a like a full-time like bread and butter yeah that's a, to be. that's a
1: good point and, um, you know a lot of people i talk to Um, Especially photographers kind of have this dilemma where they're like, well, I'm not really a photographer. I just take pictures but I can't call myself an artist you know and that's like a real thing because I feel like I think they call it was it imposter syndrome yeah. mm-hmm. is that the name of it mm-hmm. where people don't feel like they're qualified to call themselves a real artist when it comes to their medium mm-hmm. so was yeah. there a moment when you felt like yes like I am a photographer and photography is art that I create like was there like a specific shoot that you did or maybe like an era of your life where you began it was identifying 10, that? Man, she was with that yeah <laughs>
3: yeah so During, when I was still in in college, I didn't feel like I deserved the title artist, you know, I, I, and it was, I, it was something that I felt that I had to earn and I just didn't feel ready until, well, maybe like a year before I left school, I started to like really, uh, feel like I had more of an idea of what I was doing. So, So what what would you?
1: Yeah, what would you tell maybe like an artist in college right now, whether they're in art school or not, um, who's struggling with that that concept of whether or not they're really an artist? How would you maybe um, give them advice on the way to view themselves and the way to progress their art despite that conflict? Mm
3: -hmm. I think um, you know, just keep making work and keep uh, investigating um, what you're trying to do. But also, you know, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, you know, that's real. Sure. Yeah, it's hard to deal with, uh, with you know, as a freelancer, you're an artist, you're trying to make money, but then it's like it feels weird when you're, people are giving you money, and then it's <laughs> like, it's I don't know, you just have to accept the fact that you're worthy of it. So for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that can be tough. I'm referencing a Kevin Abstract tweet i'm I'm gonna butcher it, but he was saying something about, you know, never sell your art. And he's just like just recently become popular. Mm-hmm. He's like, never sell your art. People are going to like dictate basically like how you make your art, and it's not worth it. Like don't be famous. Mm. do you do you ever <laughs> feel that way?
3: No, I mean, if you're making art just to make money, then that's a whole other yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: coin is nice, you know? Man, yeah, Kevin Abstract's full of shit. <laughs> he probably loves being famous. <laughs> he probably does. I
0: don't know, I feel like...
1: That's a dilemma, though, It's when it comes Because to once you make it there, you know, because a lot of times artists are kind of really working to blow up, you know, to right. get that big break. But, right. you know, now that you're actually, you know, you've been in several exhibits before, but how would, I guess, like looking back to before you really had that that big break is it is it what you expected it would be like like being in like these museums and kind of seeing the success with your art do you feel any different <laughs> no <You're> sw- <laughs> switching up
3: no very it's soft. like a super slow process yeah you mm. know you're very limited as an artist as far as who you know and what you can do so i feel like art school in that regard really helped me understand you know what what the role of a curator is or what the role of a uh work, you know people working in the gallery and so um you just you know you keep learning and then i feel like eventually someone will take notice and take you seriously because they see that you're putting a lot of effort into something and sure. it's good yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree and that. if it's good it'll it'll be seen eventually yeah. and sometimes <laughs> it's
0: it's not good and it won't be seen <laughs> yeah. I remember i went to this one exhibit of this dude who li- who was in tucson i don't know if i told this story but he made art for like 60 years in his house and he never showed anyone what and then he was like about to die and so he was just like hey come to my house and his garage just filled with all these paintings and oh, then amazing yeah, they were beautiful. Okay, I was about to say. <laughs> He thought they were garbage, though. Man, that, and so oh, that's yeah. Dark. And so we went to this exhibit in Tucson, and it's just like filled with this guy's life work. Right? And ha- had he passed when you were at? No, the- he was still alive. Yeah, wow, he was like so in his last days. That. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes you know you don't you don't get that big break. You know, not everybody can. Obviously, Jeanette is because. Have you seen her work? Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) Even if she doesn't want to say it. We all all know. (laughs) We see it. But. Wow, that's a wild story. I've never heard that Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, sometimes when you just make the art just for the art, it can be empowering as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: But nothing wrong with sharing it. Right. Nothing wrong with that at (laughs) all.
3: Yes. So what is, what's Mm, next mm, for mm. you? Uh, I. What can we
1: expect for the, throughout 2018 and, and onwards?
3: So I'm planning to um, put on more shoots. Um, I really want to uh, explore what it means to be a creative director for my own work. Awesome. And so what does a high a very highly produced photo shoot uh, that I create look like? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, what does it mean to work with uh, very specific models or Uh, If I'm doing a fashion shoot, what does it mean if I'm using this shoot? So I'm trying to do more local brands and um, just keep it in the community. And I'm definitely interested in maybe putting on some uh, workshops or um, just something, you know, trying to be more active this year because I feel like I've been just like... uh, you know, just I've been observing and just trying mm. to survive, I guess. And then now I feel like I, I want to contribute something. Yeah. Charge them. Somehow.
2: Would your workshop be for photographers or for like models? Or? Yeah, f-
3: it would be, um, you know, for everyone that's uh, trying to do something creatively. So definitely photographers, models, stylists, makeup artists. And, um, just trying to, you know, there's a lot of potential, uh, in that, but I feel like I want to be able to guide it in a way that everyone feels like they're, uh, like I said, empowered. And, and so how do you create like a team of people that are making amazing work and everyone Mm -hmm. feels great about it? So uh, that's what I'm trying to do. That's awesome. That's beautiful. From this <laughs>
2: conversation, you would be a great teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you. So Sign
1: me up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, awesome. I feel like I've learned. I, I think it's interesting how um, hearing, like, a, especially a photographer, but like artists in general, talk about their work, you can get like a whole new perspective sure. on what yeah. they create behind just looking at the art themselves. You For know. Sure. And I think that context is amazing, and I I really love that story about the Barbie camera. <laughs> I think that's so great. I, like a I haven't myself. told
3: that to anyone in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really
1: awesome. Um,
2: it's an honor, yeah.
1: Yeah, especially as like a photographer myself, I always think about you know, what, where it kind of like the idea started, and especially like with iPhones now too, you can take like really great pictures on like this handheld device. But right. yeah, but that there's so much you can also do, like in the realm of photography especially with the setup um, and like the studio and the models you choose and like the background that you work with mm-hmm. and the intention. I think what you said about intention is really the biggest part for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to accomplish with this? Right, yeah. Aside from creating something.
3: And challenging yourself too, I think, is the most important thing. Like mm-hmm. how what are you doing next that's going to make you better at what mm-hmm. you're doing? What is, really is the most important.
1: challenging part about um, photography and like art for you?
3: Hmm. Like what, in what sense?
1: Like, um, the process or like the creation, you know, like what does challenging yourself look like to you?
3: For me, it's, um, lighting. I feel like I, I can never, I learn something new about lighting every time. It's just, there's just so much to it. Uh, but yeah, I feel like there's so many different, like, I mean, I still feel challenged by even the editing process and retouching and how to create a better workflow and but yeah I think the studio lighting is definitely that thing
2: okay I think we have time for just a couple last questions um but I'm curious what are you most excited about right now like for future work or it could be anything just in general yeah what are you most excited about right now um, for
3: for this year, I think, uh, uh, like I said, last year I was just kind of uh, just making work here and there. I wasn't pushing myself as much as I feel like I can now. And so I'm excited to see who I can work with this year, what I can make happen for other people, and um, who I can inspire and just, you know, spreading all the positivity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we need it.
0: Any last
3: questions, Jason? For you.
0: Mm, what's your favorite snack?
3: <laughs> my favorite <laughs> snack. That is important. <laughs> hmm. Cucumbers. Ooh. With uh, like tahini and some lime. A, a winner. Tajin. God damn. A
0: winner. <laughs> <laughs> Never
2: thought of the
3: lime. Oh my god. Yeah. Or or that? kettle chips with hummus. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah both winners i get that like every every week
2: (laughs) that's awesome yeah um
1: so lastly before we wrap up could you tell us and the beautiful people listening at home where can we find your work um like whether that's on the internet like maybe like any social media handles and then um how long the exhibit in the mexican museum will be up so we know like when we can see it
3: sure so my my website is um dot spell that out for us j-e-a-n-e-t-t-e-n-e-v-a-r-e-z awesome. and thank you um, you know where to find her yeah no excuse. <laughs> my instagram's a gospel of dirt and um uh the mexicarte exhibitions up uh until march I'm not sure on the exact date but i think it's maybe the first week of march
1: Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, everyone should definitely check out that exhibit. Um, there's a plethora of incredible artists that are alongside Jeanette. They should definitely check it out. And that museum itself, um, I think, is a really great an underrated museum. In Austria, it's super too. underrated. Yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah. I had ne- I've never been in there uh, until I was in there. And in the <laughs> show, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I never wanted to pay the, the entry fee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it now. I mean, you now have know. to now that you're in there? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> He's walking. Not for the show, I guess. I don't yeah. know. That's
1: awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, Jeanette. thank you. It was great to have thank you. Thank yeah, you guys for having me. I, I loved hearing all about your work, and I, I can't wait for everyone to to see yeah. it as well, and especially all the like young photographers listening. I can't wait for them to, to learn from yeah. all the advice that you've given.
2: We will be following along, and whenever you have a workshop, let us know. Shout it out! I would okay, love we'll to probably come be in come attendance. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank awesome. you so
1: much. This Thanks is it so for uh, Influence Radio. Catch us back here next time.
2: Talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right
0: y'all. Later.
2: And wrap.
1: Awesome.